Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, FBI Memo 6751. Now this article comes to us from a website called filmdaily.cu and the title says, Do these old FBI case files prove UFOs and aliens are real? Starts off by saying, Do you love a good UFO story? We hope so, because we have a doozy for you. If you spend a lot of time genuinely searching out answers on the existence of real aliens and UFOs that are, extra, that are extraterrestrial nature, then it's possible you've heard of this one before, since the FBI documents we're talking about were released all the way back in 2010. Now, some of you may remember uh, at that time the FBI did release a collection of documents from what they called their vault. And you can find uh, copies of these online. They made quite a quite a big production out of it. Now the article continues. However, if you have a passing fancy for the idea of aliens or just enjoy interesting stories, then this is exactly the right article for you. A decade ago, a 70-page document was declassified by the FBI and put into their online database called the the Vault. This document is now frequently referred to as Memorandum 65, excuse me, Memorandum 6751 and makes claims of interdimensional beings and flying saucers. It is important to note that the FBI did not write this memo. It was written and sent to the FBI who were then forced to archive it. So while everyone likes to claim this document is proof, the U.S. government confirmed the existence of extraterrestrials all the way back in 1947, they are, alas, very wrong. And then it goes on here and says, Claims of Memo 6751. I would just interject here. You know, these claims are pretty um, spectacular. My question is, why did the FBI classify this stuff in the first place? They say they were forced. Uh, they were they were forced to archive this stuff, but why would they have to classify it? I mean, if they just thought this was some UFO nut sending them a random uh, seventy-page document or whatever, why not just go ahead and leave the stuff there open to the public? It doesn't make sense to me. Now the author goes on and says the letter very kindly has a list of nine bullet points which makes picking up the important bits of the old scan document a little easier as you squint your way through the slightly blurry and faded photocopy with handwritten notes in the margins. And I'll just point out here as an aside that we have links to these articles at the website ufowarning.com. ufowarning.com. You know, a lot of people listen to the podcast every day. But so far, we have not had a lot of folks make their way to the website. So this is a great resource for the listeners to go over there to ufowarning.com and just click on the links. You can actually even listen to the podcast at the channel right there. We also have some videos that we embed from YouTube. So ufowarning.com. Now it goes on, it says, We transcribed the fun part as best we could. The bullet points stayed as follow. And here they are, the first bullet point. Part of the disc carry crews, others are under remote control. So this is what the person's saying. And of course, this goes back to 1947 in Roswell. Part of the disc carry crews, others are under remote control. 
2. Their mission is peaceful. The visitors contemplate settling on this plane. Now you notice they said settling on this plane, not settling on this planet. Number three, visitors, visitors, these visitors are human-like, but much larger in size. That reminds a lot of us of the, of the uh, Nordics or, you know, over the years, especially back in the 40s and 50s, there was lots of talk about these very large aliens. Uh, quite in contrast to uh, what, you know, later we would think of as gray aliens or even before that, uh, the little green men. Number four, they are not excarnate earth people, but come from their own world. Now, excarnate, that means, I looked that up and it says taking away the flesh. In other words, they're not incarnate. And you remember a while back where there was a uh, read-it post attributed to QAnon where he described himself as an incarnate extraterrestrial. In other words, an embodied alien, I guess you would say. Excarnate being just the opposite. So they're just more or less saying these things are appearing here like ghosts, not in the flesh. They do not come from any planet, as we use the word, but from an ethereal planet with with interpenetrates with our own and is not perceptible to us. Well, it sounds to me like even here back in 1947, they're talking about a parallel universe. Okay, they're not talking about something that's extraterrestrials. This is what we would call the non-human entity. Number six, the bodies of the bodies of the visitors and of the craft also automatically materialize on entering the vibratory rate of our matter. So, you know, we see this in a lot of UFOs where they seem to just phase in and out of you. And a lot of us have thought these things are somehow uh, transporting interdimensionally from our from another dimension to our dimension. And that seems to be what they're saying here. Number seven, the disk possess a type of radiant energy or a ray which will easily disintegrate any attacking ship. They re-enter the Ethereo at will and so simply disappear from our vision without a trace. Well, we've known for some time that these things seem to be uh, impervious to any kind of attack from our own aircraft. However, some people have thought that maybe um, those craft that crashed at Roswell, assuming those actually did happen, uh, somehow uh, encountered interference from radar or some other military activity, and that's what brought them down. So whether or not these things um, are just completely oblivious to anything we can do to them or not it remains to be seen. Number eight. The region from which they come is not the astral plane, but Koros, pawns to the Locus and Talus. Students of the Osoterio matter will understand these terms. Apparently that comes from some sort of Hindu or Hindu belief. Number nine, they probably cannot be reached by radio, but probably can by radar if a signal system can be devised for that. So... This could be some notion of belief that that uh, stems from the fact that this is the late 1940s, you know, and that was their perception of technology, what it would what it would take to uh, communicate with something uh, extra dimensional or interdimensional. It goes on and says uh, that's a lot to unpack. 
okay, so the memo sent to the FBI in 1947 sounds a lot more like the brainstorming of a science fiction movie than it does a relevant, useful memo sent to the United States government. In fact, in the letter itself, it says, the writer has a little expectation that anything of import will be accomplished by this gesture. So even the writer knew the memo wasn't going So even the writer knew the memo wasn't going to go anywhere. However, they soldiered forward with their ardent beliefs anyway, and we thank them because decades later the, in, the Internet is rather fond of reading his writing. Essentially, whoever wrote this memo fully believed there were interdimensional beings. We live in three dimensions that we call width, breadth, and height. An interdimensional being would ostensibly be a creature living that takes up four or more. The potential fourth is generally considered time, sometimes referred to as space-time, unless, of course, this person meant the beings are from an alternate universe and not interdimensional, a fair thing to confuse. Although the multiverse theory wasn't created until ten years after this memo in 1957, it was popularized by Bryce DeWitt, it's hard to tell exactly what the writer meant not what, not that it matters at all. And then the article continues. It says, For those who are hoping to hear about real extraterrestrial UFOs, we'll have to wait a little longer. Though the U.S. has been quite a bit more transparent on the subject recently, though it's a lot of fun to dig through the old UFO-related documents on the FBI's online database, <clears throat> you can even read the official single-page document regarding the 1947 Roswell incident with with surprisingly little redacted. But it makes you wonder why they would have to redact any of it, actually. That's an interesting take on this classified, or formerly classified uh, memo. And I also have a link here at, at ufowarning.com, and we have an actual copy of the memo. And um, it's kind of cool just to go through uh, the, the typing. Um, as I said, the, the, it's a it's a little blurry, but I think you know if you if you got your smartphone there, your tablet, it's not hard to um, go ahead and uh, magnify the print a little bit, and you can actually go through and read this the, the, uh, read the memo yourself. Like I said, I don't understand uh, why they ever bothered to have this thing classified. Now, closing here's another article I thought was pretty cool, and this comes from Medium.com. It's titled, FBI Declassified File on Extra-Dimensional Beings. It says, in 1947, a now-declassified FBI file, now famously known as Memorandum 6751, has composed, has composed that detailed, excuse me, was composed that detailed the possibility related by an anonymous university professor that in many cases... What we think of as aliens are actually some form of extraterrestrial dimensional beings. So there you have it. This Form 6751 is actually supposedly written by an anonymous college professor, and he's making this first uh, this first transition from thinking of uh, UFO occupants as extraterrestrial ETs to actually looking at them as extra-dimensional beings. makes a lot of sense when we think about uh, what we talked about yesterday 
uh, with Tim McMillan, how he talked about his uh, source, uh, this older gentleman who had been uh, many, many years around the aerospace and intelligence community, had con- confided in him that there was indeed a craft, uh, was there was a craft and there was an occupant, and how the craft uh, more or less just morphed into any shape that a person could visualize it as. And this also puts me in mind of the notion that the military currently is shifting the narrative from UFO or unidentified flying object to unidentified aerial phenomena. And we've talked about this before. Are we looking for objects or are we looking for ghosts? Because what this guy is talking about here is a lot more like a ghost than an alien, from my opinion. And the article continues, it says, Although these notions did not originate with the FBI itself, it is clear that the agency took a great deal of interest in the ideas proffered, which is itself of great interest. The document, almost 70 pages long, states that there are peaceful visitors carried by saucers, sometimes unmanned, from from other dimensions. It goes on to state that they are from a kind of etheric rather than physical planet that is distinct from what we think of as an astral plane. The document also states that in spite of their peaceful intent, they are willing and able to respond to attacks by other human aircraft with lethal retaliation and warns against attacking them. That's interesting. You know, even though this is written... What, over 70 years ago, right now, what's the biggest narrative going on with the whole UFO uh, phenomenon? Well, it's that UFOs are a threat. I mean, that's what's being told to us by the Department of Defense. And their whole task force thing is threat assessment. Well, you know, it's the military. If they're threatening, if they feel threatened, they're likely to strike back. So it really kind of, it kind of poses a question, what will happen if... Uh, the U.S. military, or maybe even the Chinese or Russian military, would happen to try to attempt to shoot one of these things down. Would they be starting an interdimensional nuclear war with with some other power? He goes on and says, the document also states that, in spite of their peaceful intent, they are willing and unable they are willing and able to respond to attacks by other human aircraft attacks by other human aircraft with lethal retaliation and warns against attacking them. <clears throat> Interestingly, the text emphatically invokes the Hindu notions of the Lakas and Talas and insists that this is precisely where they are from. In Hindu mythology, these are alternative realities articulated in Prajapati and elaborated upon in Theosophy, these notions represent an example of the esoteric notion of the principle of correspondence, as above, so below, in which they in which the purely spiritual locus represents physical counterparts represented by the talus. Each realm, according to this principle, has its own principle, the material and the spiritual and in the and the spiritual in the material. The Hinduism locus refer to worlds, spheres, or localities roughly corresponding to the planes of narrative in Theosophy, but with significant differences. The names and number of locus differ according to the sources. The Puranas give seven, while the 
Sakania and the Vedana, there are eight with different names. There are seven locusts in the Puranas, one, and then it just goes on that list a whole bunch of them here. I can't even begin to pronounce all the names. And they're, basically what they're doing is you know, they're explaining how this memorandum has taken uh, the Indian model and they're using that and saying that this is, in fact, how it is. That's interesting because, you know, the History Channel's done a lot of work on this. And uh, with the ancient aliens theory, uh, talking about, uh, I guess the Hindus believe that there was some sort of uh, major uh, war. And they think maybe that this was uh, a conflict between ancient Indian leaders and some sort of uh, extraterrestrial force. Uh, I don't know how the whole thing goes, but, I, I, you know... It, if you go along with that whole ancient aliens theory, then that seems to be uh, what what this is uh, trying to imply here. It's it's cool to me that these things have been released. Now, this article actually has been released for at least 10 years, but they're bringing up um, and talking about it here 10 years later. The thing that I don't get is why in the world um, did the FBI find the need to classify this stuff in the first place. And secondly, what else do they have locked away somewhere that was uh, stamped with a top secret or a classified stamp 50 or 60 or 70 years ago that is just sitting there that could provide clues and, and to help us understand the, the things that are happening around us today? Like I said, I have links. They're right there at the UFO Warning uh, dot com channel, ufowarning.com, and you can also go to Twitter uh, and join part of the conversation there at UFO Warning. Do a follow while you're there. If you want to support the program, you can go to Anchor and you can do that. Uh, it really helps. Until next time, this is UFO Warning over and out.